Well, 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 well. <clears throat> we are here streaming live on YouTube uh, because we thought Twitter Spaces was going to be uh, down for a while. Looks like Elon got into it with some uh, journalists and rage quit it and took it down for a while. But uh, we're still here on Twitter Spaces as well, live. It got put back up like the next day. Um, so if you're not following us, follow us everywhere at Jasketball, Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, our main, uh, we're really everywhere you can be found, even on the podcast platform. This was not something that I think any of us expected. Probably easily could have been the worst game of the season for the Jazz. We don't really get blown out. As you can see on the screen, 97-123. I went to to Eagle Mountain with my wife for a a family Christmas party. And so I really watched the first half on my iPhone while trying to drive. So didn't, you know, could could glance down when I had the chance. Um, But yeah, didn't didn't get to watch it in depth. Um, I know at the, the half we were down by nine points. Lowry gets uh, an and one and hits the free throw to put us up. Really didn't feel like we were playing terribly bad, but um, I think they were playing good. I really think that they were playing good. Oh, hang on. My, my, uh, oh, my computer is tripping out. I don't know. If I I usually record this on GarageBand, but I don't know if I can stream with this new software that I downloaded and do that. Um, we're gonna have to take our chances on this one. Good thing we lost by twenty. <laughs> it's not a, a, a super important episode, but if you're listening, uh, I mean the obvious thing. Looking at the box score, do you want to use? No, don't use. There we go. Okay, it's working. Um, so from the box score, it, it just looks like we totally got out-rebounded. Uh, rebounds, we had 35 to there, 59. So, yeah, I'd say so. Uh, I was looking also from those rebounds and turnovers. Um, <clears throat> there were... Second chance points that they totally dominated on. The fast break points they dominated on. Uh, just something that we didn't really... I mean, it, it's it's been something that hasn't been a strength of ours the entire season, but I think it was really exposed tonight. Uh, usually, we outshoot teams from the three-point line, and I believe they outshot us from the three-point line. They, sh- they shot really well. Uh, we attempted... 47 three-pointers and made 16 so shot 34 percent usually we're quite a bit higher than that and they shoot almost 50 percent dang 50 percent 47 percent from the three-point line let me move my little thing so you guys watching on youtube can uh see this better i've got to get used to this there we go put me down there in that little bitty corner so um yeah, that's that's huge. And then from the field, they shoot fifty three percent. We shoot forty five percent. The thing that I feel like really started the game off terribly is Bobby Portis just came out and had what like 
10, 12 points in the first quarter. He ended with 22. But I've talked about how many times Vanderbilt is a terrible defender. Obviously, it's not all on him. But he's the guy that was guarding Bobby Portis. There were other guys. Even Taylor Horton Tucker got in there. I felt like he did a better job against Portis. Uh, or uh, Walker Kessler guarding him at times. Um, Olenek guarding him. I, I feel like Vanderbilt was the worst defender. Vanderbilt, oh my gosh. His plus minus isn't the worst on the team, but 0 for 5 from the field, 0 for 1 from the 3, uh, Six rebounds, three assists, one steal, one block, one turnover. That may be his worst outing. And then I feel like uh, I'm always high on Walker Kessler. But, I mean, look at this. Two for two, scored four points. He only got 14 minutes. But I feel like they they game-planned and really – had a, a good game plan as far as pulling Walker Kessler out of the middle. He only had three rebounds. I mean, Vanderbilt out-rebounds him. One block. Uh, they exposed Walker Kessler tonight. And uh, that, that I think, needs to happen for him to learn. Um, I kind of wish that Coach would have left him in more. It's interesting to me how Coach rotates Kessler in because – it was almost like when Lopez came in or out, it was the opposite for Walker Kessler. I, I I don't really understand that. And maybe it's a matchup advantage that coach is trying to get, but it doesn't seem like it, it worked, especially tonight. Um, Nikhil Alexander-Walker, I thought he had a great first half. Actually, a really great game. Shot 75% from field. 50% from the three-point line. Um, the assists, man. He had five assists. Uh, he, he's just one that is really coming into his own, and I don't think uh, even w- in when we started the season that he would have been one that we felt is a reliable uh, option. But I really feel like he defensively can handle his own. He gets steals. Uh, let me see. Didn't get any steals tonight. Three turnovers. Out of plus minus and negative fourteen, that I mean this this game's such a blowout that the plus minus really is blown out of proportion. It's almost not even worth looking at with all these guys. Uh, finally, we saw Balmero and uh, Kevin. I'm going to get to you just a second, but you know these guys don't have Giannis Antetokounmpo. They don't have uh, what's the other guy Middleton. Um, so I don't think it was was a crucial game for us to win. Obviously, this is a game that you kind of expect to lose, whether it be a blowout or a close game. You come off overtime. You win two great games against New Orleans. Uh, you got to travel to Milwaukee. Um, you know, it, it's it's it, it happens. The, these type of losses happen. I don't think it's something to get too up in arms about. But definitely we see the weaknesses of this team were exposed tonight for sure. Um, Kevin, I'm going to turn it over to you. I think that you can just go ahead. Yeah. um, I think you made a lot of really good points. Um, 
I just I don't think we played bad tonight. Um, I think we just were down to earth. I just can you hear me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think um I think what it is is we were just in order for us to win games like this, we have to play out of our mind. We when we beat uh, New Orleans, you know, we shot what 42, 43% from the three as a team. Um, we shot 50% from the field. Like we out rebounded them, which is honestly, if you look at our rebounding stats, we don't normally out rebound a team. Yeah. We, um, we get out rebounded most games that we play. Um, so as a general rule for us to win games like this or us to win games like against really good teams like New Orleans, we, we just have to play above, I don't want to say above our ability because obviously we show that we can play there. So I don't want to say that we're playing above ourselves because that is, that is a level we can play, but we have to bring our A game. We have to play the best we can. And tonight, I want to say we just brought our B game tonight. It wasn't bad. I mean, 35%, well, 34%, um, 45% from the floor, 35%. I mean, that's that's not a bad showing. That's not horrible. I mean, we only shot 50% from the free throw, but we only took six shots. I mean, if anything, we just didn't get to the free throw enough. Yeah. Um, hey, I, I hold that thought, coaches, on. Let me, let me pass okay, it over, and then I'll bring it back to you. Um, maybe? Is the audio not working? This is weird. Um, what the heck's going on here? Well, maybe not. Let me hang on. Let me see if I can refresh this. Usually it works with no problem. Let's see if I can bring it over to this and. Come on, baby. I feel like I'm overworking my computer right now because I have GarageBand running. I've got OBS running. I've got the stream running. You need like a whole technical team behind you to make this work. Dude, yeah, this is, yeah. You need a production team. It's not working. Well, I tried to see if it would let me like stream the game in a little window because um, it'd be fun to do like a live stream yeah, it's not yeah. working with Coach. But um, let me see if there's one other thing. I've got one other idea. Audio input capture. I need to mess around with this OBS more. Well, we're not going to be able to hear from Coach, which I know is going to really bump some people out. But it looks like he's talking he's moving his head like normal his lips are moving so it looks like he's still alive not too <laughs> upset um i mean it maybe it'd be fun <laughs> to do like a mad lip reading <laughs> no but it, it won't i was it won't show up on on the youtube end which i thought would have been cool but anyways keep going kevin anyways what i was to say when we beat new orleans we had the first night we had a really awesome showing from Beasley. Um, he showed up, just balled out. And then the next night, uh, and Vanderbilt, we had two players just absolutely play um, two of their best games of the season. And then 
when we beat them the second time, we had Clarkston, um, you know, put in one of his best games of the season. Um, and so for for us to to beat these type of teams, we have to have someone put in just a really phenomenal performance. We can't show up and just have a really good performance across the board. Um, and we had some really good performances. We didn't have anything great. You know, Beasley had a great performance. Neil yeah. uh, Nah had a great performance. I thought Clarkston was great tonight. Um, Conley, I think, was MIA tonight. Um, Vanderbilt, I didn't even know if he played tonight. Um, Marketing was what I expect him every single night. I mean, he couldn't get a rebound to save his life, but, uh, you know, that w- that was the only thing he struggled. I mean, as a whole, I think this is more what we, we're we expected to do a rebound. But, I mean, I think the team played great tonight. We, we just played a better team. And this is what I expect from us when we play a better team if we're not going to have those really awesome, amazing, you know, one-off. Not only even say one-offs, just uh, those really great nights from – our players that we know that they can do, which is, I think is what has made this season so special and so awesome is that we have on more than one occasions had marketing go off, had Clarkson go off, had Mm -hmm. Beasley go off, had Vanderbilt come out of nowhere. Like he's a freaking all-star, you know, like we've had these nights where our players have just shown up and it's been awesome to see what these players can do on any given night when they bring their a plus game. So um, you know, we have the potential to play with any team in the NBA when we bring our A-plus game. And so that is, you know, that's awesome. I, I don't know that they're, when you look at some of the bottom, you know, the bottom six, bottom eight teams, I don't know that some of them can say that. Like, I don't know that Houston can say that. I don't know that Oklahoma can say that. I don't know that Detroit can say that. You know, I don't know, know that the New York Knicks can say that. Like, if, if their top players have their best game, that they can beat the best of the best so i mean that's something to hang our hat on yeah i definitely think i i totally agree with you like it was it was a good game it just felt like it wasn't one that we were dying to win i mean that that's the first time that coach puts in you know throws the towel in with seven minutes left i almost wonder if he's looking forward to the cleveland matchup with donovan mitchell and wanting to win that one more um i think that one might might mean a little bit more to the guys and wanting to win that one. But uh, yeah, it, it you know, it, we look at the, the stats here. Vanderbilt had six rebounds. He led the team with rebounds. And if you're Bobby Portis has 14. So <laughs> you, your leading rebounder only has six rebounds. It, it's rough. Um, and then points. Malik Beasley was probably our best score. Most efficient tonight. Went six for 10 from the three point line. Um, and Bobby Portis led them, but the points in the paint, we got outscored by 12 second chance points. Uh, they had 21, we had 14. And then the really big one, because I believe we had the same amount of turnovers. Yeah. We both had 14 turnovers. We only had two fast break points and they had nine. So, um, the other, the other thing that made me think this, that we just kind of looked tired as we didn't get to the line. I believe we only shot four free throws. Um, so it, it's just a game that wasn't terrible, I guess you could say. Obviously, it might be the worst one. It'd be interesting to see, you know, in a series how we could hang with these guys. 
And also, I don't think it, it's as important of a game against an East Coast team. You know, it's not going to affect the standings at the end of the season like the New Orleans Pelicans would. Uh, Dallin, what is up, bro? I am glad you are here. We are streaming live on YouTube, baby. And uh, why don't you request so you can talk? Let me see. There was a way on this to see if there's any buddy chatting from YouTube, but I doubt it since we're not that established over there. Uh, start replay buffer. I want to. I want to try this. This OBS is really cool to to uh, mess around with. Have you ever used it, Kevin? No, I haven't. Um, it looks really cool. Yeah, it's it's sweet. I uh, I probably it's so weird. It's so weird to watch the YouTube and talk with you on the Twitter because there's a like a massive delay. Like, yeah, like like a minute delay. It's like ridiculous. Yeah, I actually I I put it that way. Um, I don't know why. I think that's like a default on there. You you can actually make it so there's no buffer at all. But I just there's a way that you can do replays this really is for like video gamers and so if they have a cool moment in the game they can stop and hit you know capture that replay of the last 60 seconds or something but uh, i just did did one to see so um the shot chart it this this nba.com really has some cool stuff uh if you look at this chart here the lead tracker i mean we led twice three times but <laughs> It's just totally green uh, as far as the Milwaukee Bucks go. Longest run, 13 times tied, 5. Lead changes, 6. And then these shot charts are really cool, which um, if you delete, not unselect every player. Come on, Markinen. See, everything's just running slow. It'd be sweet. I know that my brother does a pull in packs where he has his, his buddies on the live stream with him. It'd be sweet to do that with you guys and then just take like the listeners off on Twitter. Let me see. Come on. I'm going to refresh this page. Can you see this, Kevin? On your end? I mean, I can, but because of the delay, it's kind of weird. Like, I can't line it up, if that makes sense. Like, yeah. Maybe next time I'll take out the delay and see how much we can get it synced up. Oh, it's... Yeah, because I'd love, I'd love to give some cool analysis to what you're talking about. Yeah. Well, it'll be cool um, if we start gaining a YouTube following to be able to dive into this stuff a little bit more because it's really hard trying to do the Twitter spaces on one end and uh the other stuff on this and maybe i could just have you and dallin take over the twitter spaces as like co-hosts i'll freaking strap my my thing to my microphone my phone and then i can do, run this yeah my it's running so slow it's got to just be eating up let me try this marketing Oh, I'm going to I'm going to stop the stream. That'll probably help since we can't listen to it. Yeah, so man, when you look at this shot chart, it oh, it takes so many threes. We just take so many threes. And uh if you 
go to Beasley's. His looks pretty good, but I mean, he only shot two within the three point line. So Holly Rowe and Bowler Jack talked tonight about how he wants to be more than a three point shooter, but man, he, he lives on that three point line and he actually, there's the coolest stat that I found on NBA.com per 48 minutes. He is the only person in front of him right now with made threes is Stephen Curry. And then I believe it was um, Clay Thompson. So when you put him in that category, does Beasley just need more minutes so that he can shoot more? Or what do you think? Um, I'm not sure which stat you're making because he's, he's not up there in total threes. Um, and when you look at it as at per 36, he's like fifth or sixth. He's like fifth. And oddly enough, number five per 36 is Mr. Niang. Um, so, um, yeah, so Clay and, and Steph are up there and then, um, I forget who, who else is up there. So, uh, per 36, he's, he's fifth at like five or six a game. Um, and so he's, he's putting up some good volume in threes. Um, and can he be, can he be as good of a shooter as Clay and Steph where it's like, he's that dangerous because it, it, feels like every time he comes off a screen uh i think that's his best shot is coming off of a screen and then getting past and he takes one dribble or zero dribbles and then shoots what do you think um yeah that's the thing is like clay maybe i mean i don't think he can be as good of a a shooter as clay i think clay is just a pure shooter um and there's just I just think guys like Clay come along once in a lifetime. I don't think anyone's going to be like him, but I do think his game is very similar to Clay's and that he's, he's just going to take that. He's not going to dribble into it. He just wants to catch it and shoot it. Um, and I think it's very similar. And I think if he can be that kind of player and he's shooting with accuracy right now that he can do that. And I think he needs to pattern his game after that. I think he just needs to continue to, to take that shot i i think he needs to be okay with being that three guy like don't don't concern himself with taking two pointers yeah just take the three like take 10 to 12 three pointers a game and if you make eight to nine great if you make six to seven great if you make three great like don't be afraid to take 12 threes a game like if you're shooting 40 percent, take 12 a game don't, yeah. don't think you have to take it to the basket. Like, if you're hitting 40% a game like you are and you're that catch-and-shoot guy, you have to realize what you're doing for your team and the space that you're giving your team. Like, trying to take it in the middle, you're just you're making it harder for the rest of your team by trying to be that player that wants to take it in the middle. So just, just be who you are and understand your position. Unless he wants to be the complete player and he wants to be that all-star, superstar kind of guy. And, you know, he's young enough that he may still be trying to do. I mean, he's making $15 million a year. Maybe he wants to get that $30 million a year payday. And in order to get there, he needs to be able to take the ball to the hoop. He needs to be able to hit that 15-foot curl. That's what he needs to be able to do to get to the $30, $35 million a year. But if he wants to be a really strong role player on a championship team, make those threes, shoot 10 to 12 a game, 
he just has to decide what he wants to be in, in, in his point in career. But my guess is he's probably still trying to play for that big payday. And honestly, I say go for it. He yeah. deserves it. Um, he has every right in in this world to try to develop his game to be that guy and get that payday. Um, but for our purposes, I'd love to see him just be the role player. But I think for, for him and his career, he should probably shoot um, to maximize his money. Um, but that, that's up to him what he wants to do. Yeah, I definitely think he's talented enough, especially both sides of the ball. I don't think he's a, a terrible defender. I actually think he's an above average defender, uh, especially when he wants to be. He can be... Uh, I don't know if you would call him an elite defender, but he, he you could trust him to put him on one of the better players. He uh, he shoots really efficiently, I feel like, on the good nights. And then on the bad nights, if he's not hitting, uh, those are the that's what I feel like will help him evolve into a different player when he'll be able to realize, okay, this isn't my shot or this isn't my night from the three-point line. So I'm going to take it in or I'm going to focus on defense tonight um, or just, you know, being a decoy and, and faking the shot and then passing it off. I think that's something that Clay Thompson and Steph Curry have, have really learned throughout their career. I'm looking at Bobby Portis's uh, shot chart. And if you remember years ago, the Jazz were actually trying to get Bobby Portis. He uh, was an intricate piece in their championship when they won. And his shot chart just like it just looks like he can score just from tonight that he can score all over the floor. I mean, he's got one from the elbow, free throw line, short corner, uh, corner three, right hand three, underneath the basket, left hand side. He's got three shots. Um, he, he's impressive. He's an impressive player and really one of those energy guys. You know, once he gets going, uh, might be playing beyond his his abilities but it helps your team a ton and uh i think these guys picked up some really good players in bobby portis and then they've got serge ibaka which i don't did did serge play that much tonight no he didn't i didn't hardly see him on the floor at all like yeah was he even on the floor like i don't know but i feel like in the playoffs if you need a big guy or matchup guy he's someone that could really help them the other guy I want to talk about not on our team but used to play for us is Grayson Allen we drafted him and uh, he went six for nine tonight had one three-pointer one missed three-pointer but the rest was in the lane and I don't want to talk about Grayson Allen did well the reason I bring it up is do you feel like we give gave up on him too soon absolutely absolutely when they traded him I think it was even you I was talking to. I was pissed. Yeah. Because I was like, I know that he has the image that potentially doesn't fit with the Utah Jazz, but I, I knew that when they traded him, they were going to regret it because the boy can play. And honestly, like, they need someone who is a little rough around the edges who can be a tough player. And, and he can play ball. Yeah, he can. And he was so mad when they traded him. He was was in the Mike Conley trade, right? With Jay Crowder. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Everyone said, well, he was just thrown in to make the money match. I I think he was thrown in because he he wasn't a cultural fit for them. I do too. And and, and, and I just, that that whole situation, I was like, I'm going to trade you guys. 
him, and I'm like, if he, you knew when you drafted him he wasn't a cultural fit, you shouldn't have drafted him. Well, I think they took a chance on him, and when we drafted him, I I remember screaming uh, when we drafted him, like, yes, because like, I felt like he was realistic for us to draft because other teams were going to pass on him because of his uh, his tripping incidences. Yeah. And, like, I, I hate that that's attached to him, but he, yeah, he's he's an efficient shooter. He can drive, take contact, still finish. He's big, long body. He can defend. He's a gritty, dirty player that'll go in and rebound. Um, and I know a lot of people will probably argue, well, we got Mike Conley for him, but this is, you know, looking at it now, he's a perfect young piece that could fit into this team. Um, I also thought it was a huge mistake that we got rid of Jay Crowder as well, because when we had Jay Crowder, Rubio, man, that was probably the 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 most fun I've had in the last few years, especially with a Donovan Mitchell team. Um, I think that was the best team that we had with Donovan. Um, I was it. Uh... Dallin's not on here, but I think we and Dallin were texting back and forth, and I, I said that I still think I, I would say that uh, that the um, Conley trade is the worst trade we've had, but we we've had so many from the last front office, it's hard to rank them all. Um, but um, I, I, I'm not a fan of the Conley trade just because of what we gave up, and then being stuck with his with his contract. And and just the unfavorable contract there, like, like I I, I don't know. I, I don't think we did well with the Conley trade. I think uh, I think we're gonna. I I look back at it as as a mistake. Personally. Yeah, and I think right now a lot of people are probably so high on Conley that they wouldn't say that. But the the contract that came along with Conley was a mistake but then the other mistake was re-signing him for as much as we did there there had to be something better well but we were forced to we didn't have a choice if we wanted to continue to push there was nothing else on the market we weren't going to get anybody at his caliber like we didn't have a choice we had to sign him it was an all or nothing like we were kind of in a in a shizzy situation yeah um and, and, yeah, it just – the whole – I think we could have done better if we would have just stuck with Rubio. Yeah, I actually – I mean, I think everybody really liked Rubio. Uh, the knock was him on, – was on his offense, but he didn't give up as much defensively as Conley, not not at all. So, you know, you can weigh it either way. I, I just had more fun – Was his offense that bad? I, I don't think so, but um, – yeah, I think a lot of Jazz fans felt like it was and probably were too hard on him. Um, did I mean, thing... I, guess it was, I guess it was bad from the from – the, Like if he had a wide-open three-point shot, it, his shot wasn't pretty and you weren't always sure if it was going to go in. I don't think he shot that bad of a percentage, though. But I don't know. I guess for me, Rubio was always a facilitator, never a shot maker. And I guess that didn't really fit in Quinn's offense because Quinn was, you know, if you couldn't dr- shoot and drill a three, you had no business being on his team. Like, which I don't know. I'm never. I was never a big fan of that portion of his offense, anyways. Um, 
because there was there, there's value in someone who can hit a shot, like who uh, sorry who can move the ball, and he can move the ball effectively enough to get somebody open. So yeah, and uh, that that team was just fun to me because they maybe we weren't the best offensively. But they were able to stop teams, and that's almost more fun to me than scoring a bunch of points is being able to take the highest offense in the league and totally affect them with your defense because it, it takes a lot of skill to become a good scorer. But a lot of times when you're, you're playing good defense, it just takes effort and uh, a want to, to actually p- play well. Uh, I'm looking at a cool stat right now. Um, this is all season segments per game, regular season for this season. This is games played. So obviously people have missed games already. Um, but we've got three players that haven't missed a game and there's only, oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. Two players that haven't missed a game. There's only three players in the entire league that have haven't missed a game and then one that's only missed one game. So Kelly Olenek, Malik Beasley have not missed a game. They have played all 32 games. Uh, Jordan Clarkson has played 31. I can't remember when Clarkson was out. Was he sick? He I, set out that one game. Like I remember cause he was like on the broadcast and everything. Yeah. Did he t- tweak his, or maybe we sat out a, a bunch of guys to just give him rest. It might've been on a back to back or something. Um, the other, the other one that has not missed a game is Nicholas Batum. And then you go down. We must, we must not have played that team yet. Cause everyone who plays us sits their people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Bojan has only missed two games. We, I miss him. Um, Vanderbilt's only missed two games. He's another one on ours. And then looks like that's about it. But kind of a cool stat. So this stat that I was looking at, let me see where per game, per 48 minutes, all season segments. And then we're going to go three point not percentage three points made where are you little guy three field goals made oh there's assisted and unassisted we just want to go three field goals where the heck i want to see where malik is because i don't know what are you on nba.com looking at where he was like sixth no so i look at um let me pull it up here. Let me jump on my computer Three. and see where I where I look to see. Um, I like NBA stats is good, but when I'm looking for like stats, stats, I like uh, Basketball Reference. Oh yeah, I like that website too. This one, this this looks different than when I had it the other night. Advanced. Oh my gosh, this kid gets so granular, man. Hey, Dallin, feel free to jump off mute and just jump in here. Yeah, Dallin. Yeah. Come on, bro. What are you doing? <laughs> I think uh, Beasley was 
He was second. What they were hitting on was he was second in three pointers made. Yeah, yeah. Well, Behind Steph kind of, Curry. Yeah, and now Simmons is. Ben Simmons? No, uh, Anthony Simmons. Oh, Simons. Simons, yeah, Simons. Yep. I was like Ben Simmons. When did he start going off on three? Simons, yeah, Simons. Percent of three pointers. Come on, man. I want to. I want to find this. Yeah, Steph is so much further ahead than any of them. It's insane. It's like John Stockton's stats. Yeah, it seriously is. This is not. This is not what I'm looking for, though. So Rubio, his first season with us, he shot 35 percent from three. And he shot about three and a half per game. Yeah, see, I don't know. Okay, that must be an old stat because he's fifth now. You got Buddy Hield is second, Simmons is third, Mitchell is fourth, and then Beasley. So that must have been a pretty old stat. And and the other thing that the, the other thing it's too is like Malik has played the most games. The most games out of out of all of all them. Of so, like, he's yeah. played every game. So, he's played 31 game. games to get 103. Mitchell's got 105 and 26. Simmons has 106 and, 30 and 27. Buddy Hill has 108 and 30. And Steph has 131 and 26. Wow. Yeah, um, whatever I was looking at, it, I just thought it was impressive that Malik was in that conversation with them. Um, and it would, it would um, be interesting. He's fifth three pointers attempted. Yeah. So if you look at his per 36, he's fourth, um, behind. So can you look at per 48 on that? No, you can do per per 36, which is the standard. Most people don't do per, per 48 anymore. Um, so you do per 30, when you do minutes, it's a per 36 or per hundred possessions. Is kind of the the stat that they do right now, um, is the pretty standard stat. So, your per thirty six, you've got Steph is hitting um, five point three, and then Isaiah Joe from Oklahoma. Isaiah Joe, he's doing five point two, but I don't even know how many minutes this cat's playing. Yeah, that's that's a blown out because he's only got two hundred thirty minutes total. And then the next person is Bones Hill Hillen from Denver. He's got low minutes. So really from he's second. Yeah, Highland. So really he's <laughs> second. He's tied with Clay. So if you if you throw out the two like kind of like people who are I would say aren't qualified because they don't pay play a ton of minutes, it goes Steph and then he's tied with um, Clay at four point four per thirty six. Yeah, because there was there was something else in there. I believe you had to play 15 minutes per game because I'm looking at it right now. Three pointers mm-hmm. made. Uh, this is per 48 regular season. Okay. And <laughs> Trevor Hudgens, Ron Harper Jr. says, I mean, these have got to be guys that got in for a few seconds and like hit one shot. Uh, Jordan Ron Harper Jr. I didn't even know that he had a son that played. Wow. I mean, are these current players? What the hell's going on? Yeah, season 2022. So, yeah, on this one, Malik's all the way down at 13. Uh, yeah, but these are, Steph but these are guys at six. So who aren't even averaging, like, yeah, because, like, this Isaiah Joe, like, he's played 22 games, and he's 
got 230 minutes, so he's averaging 10 minutes a game. And Bones has played 20 games, and he's got 400 minutes. So neither one of them would have qualified. So it goes Steph, then Malik, Malik and Clay. So he, he's up there with those two. So that's pretty legit. Yeah. Yeah, and, and I remember Dallin saying in one of the – the podcast, like I just want, or maybe it was Tevin. I think it was you, Dallin. Where it's like when when uh, Malik gets the ball, I just want him to shoot it. Uh, yeah, he's yeah. got such a just a, a pure shot. The one thing that I wish he would get better at is as not taking contested threes. He seems to do that, and they seem to never go in. If he could just learn a pump fake or drive past him, and then go to the hoop, oh, man, I think he could be a really incredible player i think if we ran uh screens for him and because his catch and shoot is amazing i don't know necessarily if his creating a three-point shot is my favorite idea for him i like him driving to the basket so i don't know i would say if we 10 to 12 threes if we ran him off picks he would hit those like at least probably 40 50 percent of the time i i would say 40 yeah of the time i don't know if he's a 50 percenter but you know i do like the idea of i like the idea of him taking 10 to 12 um played like setup shots like i don't want him creating i don't like his i don't like the look of his shot when he tries to create it yeah i'm not a big fan it, it turns into Taylor horton tucker at that point to me but. yeah well and and I, it and was he nice tries to fade away like it's yeah. not a straight up shot. It's like almost a fadeaway. Yeah. It's not a true fadeaway, but it's it's like it seems like, a, like that's what Talon's is too. It's just always yeah. like fading away. Oh, <laughs> uh, looks like there's a close game in uh the, the in Phoenix right now. Milwaukee and Phoenix are going at it. Phoenix is up by two points with seven Did minutes you say left. Milwaukee and Phoenix. I thought Sorry, Milwaukee New New Orleans Pelicans and Phoenix. <laughs> That's crazy because um, Phoenix was just down like almost twenty. Wow! Dude, did you guys see? I didn't even know that there was an NFL game today. Did you see the comeback by the Minnesota Vikings? (laughs) They were down thirty-three points. Dude, it was the largest comeback in NFL history. Yeah, and leave it to Matt Ryan to be the quarterback. <laughs> well, I was struggling on who to start on my fantasy team. Uh, Kenneth Walker, the third, which I ended up, he scored like 7.9 points um, from Seattle. Or uh, what's Green Bay's running back that's coming back? Aaron Jones. Is that right? Yeah. Yep. And uh, I'm, I'm just I'm hoping Aaron Jones doesn't just blow up. But uh, back to NBA, L.A. Clippers uh, beat the Washington Wizards. There was some posts going around about Kawhi Leonard being back in his form, is his MVP form. Is is he going to be dominant, and are the Clippers going to be good? If he gets to his form, I think they're NBA champion, like, not favorites, but up there. Like... Him and George together, let's – I mean, tell me a better defensive one, too. Yeah, yeah. he he led the Clippers today, too. Like, he uh, – Paul George didn't even play. 
that's that's a scary team uh, that might just surprise us. And I'm always scared of Kawhi. He's he's been one of my favorite players uh, since I can ever remember. But uh, looking at these scores around the league, it looks like Cleveland barely eked out a win against Dallas in overtime by one point. And I know that Doncic was out tonight. I don't know why. So uh, hopefully we get Cleveland on Monday a little bit tired. I believe it's in, well, it's in Cleveland. Let's see if this one was in Dallas though. If if Cleveland has to travel, that would really no. Be... It was in Cleveland. Yeah. Okay. Donovan had twenty five points, but he was negative four plus minus. Damn. But Donovan's always Donovan's a career negative guy almost. Like yeah, because he takes so many shots. One. He was one for nine from three-point land. Good Lord. Dude, I'll, I'll tell you right now, Donovan, if Donovan doesn't score 40 against us, I'll be be surprised. I, oh, I mean, yeah. Go, yeah, you know he is. And yeah. honestly, I think that's a, why we have an advantage and why we win, because he will. And depending if he's ha- on fire or just, you know, uh, average, he could be a complete ball hog and, and make them lose the game. But you know what? If their team is on board and they feed him the ball, we won't even be close. The only I time I like see he goes only, when he goes cold, he's cold for a few games though. Usually. Yeah, yeah. The only time I've seen that team struggle is when they are fighting for the ball. When when they feed him the ball and they just let him do his thing, like they are nasty. Well, I feel like also, him and, and Garland are kind of competing against each other, which might be hurting them. I don't know. I haven't watched him enough. Um, uh, that was without Doncic. Kemba Walker led the Mavericks. I know Kemba. Kemba? Yeah. Kemba? Kemba 32. Yeah. And seven assists. Wow. All and right, Kemba. They, and, and, and they put Wood back in the starting lineup. Yeah. See yeah. – that would have been sweet if we would have been able to trade Mike Conley for something and then sign Kemba because remember when Kemba was a free agent and we were or was he a free agent and we were trying to get him so bad and we ended up not getting Kemba. Because we couldn't Isn't move that the right before Conley. Yeah. Yeah. Right before Conley? yeah. Yeah. I think he's he's too undersized to be your point guard uh, yeah, defensively, him, we but we couldn't put him next to Donovan. So that's that's why we stuck with Conley. So well, Memphis loses again tonight uh, to Oklahoma City. Oklahoma City lost. Was it yesterday? A uh, close game. It was. Uh, <laughs> did, did you have, before we move too far? Did you happen to see how many points were scored in overtime in that Cleveland Dallas game? No, what no. two? Well, there's only 199. So overtime. Three points for Dallas, four for Cleveland. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so must have been tired. tired. What the heck? Yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, they can only manage seven points in overtime. <laughs> also, did you know Mobley was 30 already? No. Really? What? I thought Mobley was like, Aussie or something? I thought Mobley was like 27 still. Anyways, sorry, go too. on your, your scoreboard. I didn't mean to distract you, but I was like, no, no. I didn't realize he was 30 already. I think he was still, still just a baby. Oh, and speaking of players, uh, Giddy, you have a good call out. I haven't watched him before, but he's a good, nice little player for OKC. Dude, I love him. I love yeah. him. Love yeah. me some Giddy. I don't know. I, I, I still don't get Giddy. I don't, 
I don't know. I just don't get it. He reminds me of a lot of Joe Angles' game. I haven't, yeah, I haven't watched him enough, but it's just like the small amount that I have, I don't get it. Um, there was also some. Well, the problem is, is Giddy doesn't have a position yet because of um, yeah. what's his bucket? The the other uh, they play they play three shooting guards. I mean, they consider him a shooting guard. I think Giddy could be. A, I think Giddy could be a point guard if Beatrice yeah. isn't there. Like, and that's the. I think. I think Giddy is more of a point guard than a shooting guard. Like, yeah. and I think that that's why they've talked about moving Gilchrist. Um, yeah, possibly. Is because Giddy would. Then you'd have like a six nine sh- freaking point guard. Yeah, mm. and I think that's Luka kind of. Yeah, everyone's trying to emulate Luca and have a, a a bigger point guard, which honestly pretty smart if they can handle it um looking at the the standings real quick i believe these are up to date yes so jazz are now in eighth place clippers move ahead of us um i believe they were ahead of us anyways so it goes memphis grizzlies who lost new orleans pelicans lost two denver nuggets phoenix suns sacramento kings portland trailblazers Clippers, Jazz, Dallas, Minnesota. Oh, Minnesota. That's who Oklahoma almost beat last night. Oh, yeah, they did. Yeah, that's right. So I remember remember going through this with everyone on here. Obviously, no one's on here because probably because it was a blowout and uh, it's a Saturday night and Christmas is around the corner. I know I was at a Christmas party, but um, if we were to match up with a team Let's just say we make a first round playoffs. What team would you want to play the most that is ahead of us? Like like fate that would favor the Jazz as far as uh, matchups go. You got the Grizzlies, New Orleans Pelicans, Denver Nuggets, Phoenix Suns, Sacramento Kings, Portland Trailblazers, and the Clippers. Pelicans. Let's go. Pelicans. We we beat them three times. It's a no brainer. Okay, who who would you least want to face? Oh, uh, Den. I don't know. Denver. No. I'm I'm gonna know. go Phoenix. Because uh, Memphis. Memphis. That that's who I would want to face. You'd want to yeah, face gonna, the least. I'm gonna have to say Memphis. I'm 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 torn between Denver and Phoenix, but yeah. I feel like Denver is what we were last year. I'm not scared of Denver at all for some reason. Um, uh, I feel like they're very deep. Here's, here's the thing. Here's the thing. I, I see this every year. Jokic, cruise control for the regular season. Yeah. And then some playoff, he's a different guy. And and Murray. Murray is starting to hit his stride again too. But like Dallin said, I, I just – Murray, but, but Jokic, under, he's so smart. He understands the importance of not – running his body into the ground during the regular season. So he cruises controls through the regular season. And then during the postseason, he just turns it up. So we got a Vikings fan in here too. She can give us her outlook on that game. Vikings. Hey, uh, Christy, Chris, Christina, uh, if you want to speak, go ahead. Um, are any, yeah, Kevin, you're a co-host, so I'm not paying attention. So if you'll pay attention, but I'm scared of, the veterans to be honest like you said kevin Jokic does scare me if there's any reason for the denvers for the denvers for the nuggets to uh 
beat us, it would totally be Jokic, obviously. But then Phoenix with Booker and Chris Paul, I just feel like Chris Paul would just eat Kessler alive or these young guys just pick it apart. If he's healthy, healthy. true. And then Chris Paul, I worry about staying healthy. Jokic, I don't. And then Portland scares me just for the fact they've got Lillard and they they seem to be playing well uh, at a stretch during this season. And Clippers scare me too with Kawhi. So really the ones that I'd rather play, um, which are the Memphis Grizzlies, New Orleans Pelicans are one and two right now, but also the Sacramento Kings. I think they're on a hot streak right now, but I also think we would have a better chance against these teams that have youth and not these veterans that could totally make you pay for every single mistake. I agree. I just, I don't know. I just think when everything shakes out, I just don't think we're going to be above the line. What? What? This looking at this, this would be really fun (laughs) is if we matched up with the Minnesota Timberwolves in a playing game and just, Counted that as a first round win so that Kevin can take us all to dinner. I already said that doesn't count. I already said it doesn't. No, but that, in all seriousness, that would be fun to, you know, to play in a play in game against the Golden State Warriors. I'm more worried about getting stuck having to have a play in game against the healthy Golden State or Lakers. Oh, yeah. Well, they're, they're not very far behind us. They are. Golden State is 11, Lakers are 12, but Anthony Davis just went down. I don't think the Lakers are going to be able to figure it out. I just I hope they do. For the sake of the league, they have to figure it out. I, I hope for our pick's sake they do. Yeah, I just hope yeah, exactly. But I hope that I I don't know what I hope. My hopes and dreams are gone. I don't know. <laughs> Um, yeah, it's going to be interesting. Now, <clears throat> we... Is it because we got crushed by uh, Milwaukee without Giannis and uh, Middleton? Yeah, I, 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 this game doesn't hold a, a ton of weight for me, to be honest. Okay. Um, I don't know. It just didn't, it, it didn't feel like we played terrible. Didn't feel like we played great. I feel like Milwaukee probably played really good without Giannis they're in the Eastern conference. Just, it's just one of those games where it's like, yeah, I'm now maybe had we lost one of those Pelican games or both of those Pelican games, it would hold more weight. But I think we just put on such a show with, with beating the Pelicans that I'm okay with this loss. You know, I just, I'm just waiting for this moment. After all, we've talked about Dallin the other night in our solo podcast. Um, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and, 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 well, we had Ask Exum, who was really awesome. I, I enjoyed yeah, 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 the Exum Index. Um, he was good. The Exum yeah. Index. I, I'm, I'm just waiting for this. Like, we make a couple trades. You know, we end up sliding down, and we end up going in the lottery in, like, the eight, the eight spot, right? And then, and then we win the lotto, and we end up with, like, the four pick, right? And we trade out for two. And then Danny H <laughs> trades the four pick. <laughs> For like, for like four picks. <laughs> if that happens, I will call for his head. No way, no way. I will laugh so hard because Jazz Nation will be so excited. They will lose their shit, dude. 
He, yeah. was, I, will, I will laugh so hard. We'll have the number four of our pick, and then he will trade it for, like, two 2004 picks. Dude, don't say that. No. 2006. We can't. The, the Jazz fans can't be that thick. There's no way. I, I'm calling. If there's no way, I can't even believe you guys would put that out in the universe. <laughs> That's Danny Ainge for you. Like he would take the value. No. Of four picks and turn it into four first round picks. He did it with Tatum, man, and like Brown. Like, can you imagine if like. If, like, Eamon Thompson slid to four and somebody desperate just freaking mortgaged the farm for him. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I don't want to even think about it. <laughs> uh, honestly, outside, like, Wimby or Scoot, like, in Scoot. my mind, there is nobody in this draft who is worth three first-round draft picks. So if somebody comes in and mortgages three four first round draft picks you have to take it yeah you, you have to no. but oh my gosh <laughs> and and you missed the you missed the chat the other night well what was um, it where was i where we, so was it pre-game we missed the pre-game where we talked about yeah. so i was um in the car listening to satellite radio and it was this east coast talk show and they were talking about how everybody is talking about the Utah Jazz and how they have all these draft picks and this. Oh yeah, for sure. Was talking about how he thinks it's so overrated and so blown out of proportion because the Jazz have all these picks, but they're over seven years. And he he talked about Oklahoma City and Houston and the old seventy um, sixers and even to a certain extent the. Um, the uh, Orlando Magic, all their picks were over four in four years or even like five years, and they're all compact. Um, the majority of the picks were over four years. Yeah, I saw and a draft with Orlando picking Wemby and then one of the Thompson twins. Yeah. Could you so, imagine? And then they've already got uh, what's his name? But uh, that they just the rookie that's gonna win rookie of the year, B- Boncho or. But the point he was trying to make is and the Jazz, they've got three picks this year, right? And if they use all three of their picks this year and they get some decent guys, they could be good enough next year to not be in the bottom ten. And then they have zero picks in two thousand four, which kind of stalls the rebuild unless they can pack and then that kind of puts them in a situation where where were these guys talking from like the east coast or what east coast somewhere i don't know i i i came in midway through so i don't know what team they were from or who they were representing or probably the knicks let's be honest i I don't know (laughs) they didn't sound like Knicks fans because knicks fans like to mention the fact that they're knicks fans every 30 seconds yeah usually um, and, and this, NYC, we're our own brand. Um, <laughs> they honestly, they honestly sounded more like they were like Sixers, maybe, or something like that. Oh yeah, the two worst fan bases in the in the yeah. league. But but they were talking about that, um, and so they were saying that what they thought that the, the Danny may be doing 
is Danny may understand that he has this gap in there with the this 2004 gap, and he may be letting the team excel right now to build this value up so that he can move it for more assets and just understand that he can't go all in this year because he could get really good and not be able to rebuild the team fast enough to keep whoever he gets in this 2023 draft and lose them because the team's not good enough and just pass on these players that are in this draft. Oh my gosh, I don't want that to happen. We've got to get someone from this draft, man. Yes, but we'll get one person. Yeah. He may trade out of the other two picks so that he can compact the draft a little bit and then be able to draft two in 2024, and then we'll have another three in 2025. We got the pick swaps in 26, and so you're able to build and have that momentum instead of getting three this year and kind of losing that momentum. Yeah, that makes sense. I don't know if that's the case. I don't know. I don't know, but it, it kind of made sense. And we talked a little bit about it, me and Dallin did, and we kind of talked through it and how, like, I don't know if getting three young, talented people this year makes as much sense as getting one and maybe the mid-round. And if we have a high pick, letting someone chase after it and overpay for it, you know? I don't, I don't know if I trade the four, but if someone wants to trade up into, like, the eight or the nine and give us two, three picks for a later for like a 2004 or whatnot, like let them. And then we're bad next year in 2004. Keep our 2004 pick out of Oklahoma's hands and then potentially have two lottery picks in supposedly one of the deepest drafts in NBA history, which is going to be the 2024 draft where it's supposed to be like basically lottery level players through 26. Wow. In 2024, because you have what your normal, so you're going to have what your normal lottery is going to be, plus all your high schoolers are going to be in there too, because they're lifting the high school band. Oh, so, that's probably what Danny's focused on. I didn't even think about that. Yeah, so the 2024 draft is supposed to be really, really deep. So if you could come into the 2024 draft with like four picks, even if those four picks were top 25, yeah, you could technically walk out with four lottery-level picks. Well, I, yeah, that's a that's a cool thing to think about. I saw your tweet, too, where you like wanted to break down the 2024 picks, and uh, I kind of want to start doing it as well. But it really comes down to I don't think anybody knows what Danny is going to do besides Danny. I don't think Danny knows what Danny's going to do. Right? No one's offered him anything he wants yet. <laughs> He's like, I'm just letting everything unfold, and then when I see a moment, I strike. Danny's, Danny's sitting at home laughing because he's like, <laughs> no one knows I got freaking diagnosed with Alzheimer's two years ago. <laughs> I don't remember what happened yesterday. <laughs> Utah, uh, what's up? You going to talk, bro? Oh, he was here earlier and requested, and then he left. I didn't catch it in time before he left. He's like, I, I don't want anything to do with I wait for this. Well, I'm about to end it, uh, unless you guys want to okay. speak, uh, Christina or Utah, as. Um, oh, bounced just like that. I'm, I'm looking at the schedule. We've got two more games on the road, but 
we've also got a back-to-back coming up in those two games. Is This is just nuts, our back-to-back, man. We have another one before January. We, we've got Sacramento and Miami back-to-back. So that will be, what, 9 and 10? It's just... I'm telling you, don't piss the commissioner off. Dude, it's insane. It really does feel like we've pissed the league off somehow because with all these stars sitting out and these back-to-backs, it's – it's yeah. Anyway, so we, we go to Cleveland. I think we win that game. Then we, we go to Detroit. Um, is that Tuesday, the 20th? Yeah. We better win in Detroit. We got to get one of those. We, we got to get one of them. And I honestly think that – the Cleveland one is more important for our fan base and uh, for our pl- current players. And with all the stuff that Donovan's been saying, like I, th- that's one I just really want to win. And uh, I think that most of us would feel that way. I don't know. It's a tough one for me. Cause I, we've I already know. beat, we've already beat Detroit, right? Or have they? No, we lost to Detroit we at, did lose to at Detroit. home. Bogey destroyed us. Oh, I see. I'm, I'm, I'm more okay losing to Bogey than I am Donovan. I just, I just want to, I just want to take it to him, man. And I want, I also want him to have like a fifty, a really, really good game and lose against us. I just, I, I want to see him have a fifty-point game. I don't care. If we win or lose, because I, I just love Donovan, and I just want to see him go out and see a vintage Donovan. Like, I want to see him play, and I know that he said a bunch of crap and whatnot, and I don't know. I In my mind, I know that's not Donovan. He's just listening to his people, and he's trying to market himself, and I just try to pretend that I remember the Donovan, who was the rookie, who didn't get all caught up in that hype and whatnot, and, you know, maybe that's not who he is anymore, but... I know that everything he says, he's just regurgitating what people tell him to say. And it happens to every young kid and it just, it sucks and it's stupid. And yeah, see, and I'm more, uh, I don't like to think about his rookie season because that was his best season with the jazz. And, uh, yeah, I, I agree that he is, he set, he is a media darling and will say whatever is the right thing to say that for some reason kind of rubs me the wrong way. Like I'd rather you just be like Kawhi Leonard and not say much at all. But um, I, I, I don't hate him by any means. I think the time that he spent here in Utah was fantastic and entertaining, but just for the pure competitiveness of me and being a Utah jazz fan, like I want us to win this one. Um, I believe we play him. What? One more time in yeah, so we play him again January 10th in Utah, and then I think that's it. So we've only got two chances to beat him, and uh, I'd really love to beat him on the road, and then I'd, I'd love to win both of them, but I, w- I would just... I, I, I'm okay with losing in Cleveland. I don't want to lose at home, and I'm yeah. just afraid if we, losing, if we beat him in Cleveland that he'll just come and, and destroy us in Salt Lake as a vengeance game for embarrassing him in front of his new fans. Cause, cause that is who Donovan is. Like if we go into Cleveland and make him look stupid yeah. in front of his new fans, he will come and drop 60 on us in Salt Lake because that's who he is. 
Yeah. And I don't want that to happen. So I would rather let him have his moment in Cleveland and then let him come to Utah and, you know, we beat him in Utah. Because if we embarrass him in Cleveland, he will pay, he will make us pay in Utah. He will make you pay. Because he's a, he's, a he's a spiteful little kid. <laughs> yeah, and that's why I want to be spiteful, Bags, just a little bit. But, uh, yeah, it, it definitely could happen. I totally agree. I could see him, us beating him this game, and then him, like, dropping a career high, 70. It would be like a Kobe <laughs> night. It would be a Kobe like, night. The, uh, 15 threes? Yeah. Devin Booker has 54 right now in the third, I think. Shoot, dang. Who's winning? Let me go back to that. Phoenix, man, I can't believe they came back. Booker nearing 60 points as Suns battle Pelicans. Dude, they're up by five. With 18 seconds yeah. left, they won. They were down 59 to 83. Wow. 7-14 in the third. Yeah, yeah. I think it's kind of cool. Jesus Kemba scored. had a good night. They scored over 60 points this half. Well, I guess that happens. Kemba, sometimes. freaking Booker. All right, well, I'm going to hop off. I need to spend some time with my wife, but uh, I'm really excited about this YouTube. I hope that we can kind of get something figured out where it seems like the three of us are always here no matter what, where it'd be fun if we could all three get on this. I, I, dude, I saw a New Orleans Pelicans. Um, it was a YouTube video, and they were in – there was like – Obviously, they were in an online meeting almost, you know, each each one of them was in a different room, but they were somehow watching the game at the same time because it filmed their reaction of Zion's dunk that he had in the last seconds against Phoenix and just slammed it down and they were all freaking out. But anyways, I want to like I want to try and figure out how to do that where not that we're broadcasting the game on YouTube, but just that we're able to talk while the game's going on, but I'll be watching it at the same time where there's not a lag or, you know, some two second delay in between. So, um, if you guys could get on that, that would be great. Thanks. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, I appreciate you guys for listening. Go like us, follow us, review us, uh, trash talk us, whatever you want in the comments. And, uh, we'll see you guys next game against Cleveland in Cleveland, taking on the one, the only, Spider Mitchell. See you guys. Peace. Go Jazz. Go Jazz. Go Jazz.